Yo, what's up, Kev Nash? You can't make this up, podcast. You will notice there is no DJ Killer Kev on this episode because he is out sick, man. Shouts out to my bro, man. You know, he got them three little beautiful girls, but uh, one of them got him sick, got him coming out both ends. Get healthy, bruh, because, well, we got a hectic summer, man, and we need you on the pod, man. We need your intellect on this podcast, brother. But uh, nonetheless, man, we had an opportunity to go over there to raise the bar sound and management. Shouts out to Dawn over there at Raise the Bar. Had a DJ council panel Q&A session over there on a Sunday, man. I was honored to take part of that. So uh, here's that audio right here on You Can't Make This Up podcast. Shouts out to Dawn. Everybody over there at Raise the Bar. R.I.P. Mo Beats. Killer Kev, get better, player. Drop that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash, DJ Killer Kev. I'm Kev Nash from Hot 129. Um, I'm also the assistant program director at Hot 129, co-founder of You Can't Make This Up podcast. Shouts out to my partner, DJ Killer Kev. Uh, reason I got into uh, radio in general is just the love of music. Um, I just remember as a kid, uh, taping. Uh, the mix shows that would come on the radio on Friday nights and then uh, playing them on my Walkman all week long and waiting for the opportunity to hear the newest songs every Friday night and that's just something that I fell in love with with music uh, mainly because like you know on those mix shows you would hear songs that you never heard before not the typical songs you would hear on the radio throughout the week so it was just like so an escape like alright what's the newest song that's going to be played this week what's the newest remix from Bad Boy, what's the newest remix from LL Cool J? So that's what's something that I fell in love with about music in general and it attracted me to radio. What's going on, guys? I'm TJ Smooth. I do the uh, Smooth Takeover every night on Hot 129, 7 midnight. Um, I'm actually born and raised out of Long Island, New York, so I've only been out here for about six months. I'm very new to dating. And, uh, I just want to say I appreciate you guys for throwing me so much love in this short time. Uh, what got me into radio, um, I originally wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I'm a huge basketball fan, huge wrestling fan. So I used to uh, want to be the next Walt Clyde Frazier. He was a Knicks guy. And, you know, He was uh, the voice of the Knicks. So I was like, I want to take his spot one day. Clearly that ain't happening because he's still alive and, <laughs> and killing it on that broadcast. But well, can uh, he dress like Clyde Frazier? He, he can dress, man. Like, I don't even know if I can come up with like funky outfits like that. Like, that dude got flag swag. on flag. He got flag. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, seen that cow? Uh, yes. Cow on too, yes. But uh, what got me into what I'm doing now, um, I used to be a very shy kid, but I was always that kid that wanted to make people laugh and smile, and I still want to do that to this day. And uh, I just fell in love. You know, I always love music and stuff, and just be able to talk over music and uh, provide last for somebody that didn't play that song that they want to hear that's what made me want to do it even more um i've been in the game for about 10 years now including college and uh i'm just a kid from new york trying to live a dream so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know we all in this together huh? <laughs> um i'm ej i go by dj edge i'm a, a club dj in dayton um also travel around the country a lot with headliners entertainment um 
got into DJing, honestly, just to help pay my way through college. I uh, got a couple jobs at a couple clubs, and I just fell in love with, like, the rush of playing for a big crowd. So um, kind of stuck with it. Been doing it for 16 years now. Um, had the, the blessings to play in 26 different states and four different countries. Um, so had a lot of fun doing it, just like these guys. Like, I, I really love music. Thought it was a way to make a quick buck to pay my tuition and ended up sticking with that instead of using my teaching degree. So. <laughs> uh, also, um, I, I worked with Don here. We uh, I managed a couple artists that did some albums here, so um, do a little bit of that as well. Just hoping to meet a lot of you guys and answer some questions for you, and uh, hopefully we can help you guys out getting the next step. Okay. Um... Could you just maybe touch on ways that you all have honed your craft? Because just like artists, um, you don't just grab a mic or, you know, and be what you are today. So can you just tell us a little bit about the work you had to put in to get where you are? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just speaking for myself, man, uh, I graduated from Wright State. And uh, along the way, I was interning at Hot 129. But uh, after I graduated, um, I was stuck with a choice, either you know, um, go back home to Cleveland, maybe try to find a job there. Um, my brother is an area manager at Enterprise Rent a Car, so you know, nepotism is a good thing sometimes. Uh, he's, you know, I could have did that, but I chose not to do that. I chose to follow my own path, which uh, led me to being working part time. Uh, at the Wright State Library, part-time at Hot 129, part-time at uh, Toys R Us by the Dayton Mall, and part-time at Abercrombie and Fitch at the Fairfield Mall, all at the same time to support myself because, as we all know, part-time jobs are just that part-time job. You get maybe five hours here, seven hours there, but you add all those hours up, they can equal a full-time job. So I did that for about two years um, until a full-time position opened at Hot 129. I think the biggest thing about radio in general, getting into radio, is uh, once you get your foot in the door and if you think this is something that you want to do, you don't leave, for lack of a better word. You make sure that you, as a part-timer, you're available when they need you to be available. You want to make sure you stand out from the rest of the part-timers on staff, being like, oh, y'all need me to wash the trucks? Okay, I'll call off my other job to come in and wash the trucks. You need me to go to pick with a, pick up a popcorn maker? That literally happened to me. You guys need me to go to Cincinnati uh, to pick up some a pair of tickets? I'll do that too, that happens. Um, you guys need me to change a tire on a truck, even though I've never changed a tire in my life? I'll do it. You know, just being willing and able to give yourself an opportunity to be seen and to show like, okay, this person wants to be here and so that next opportunity presents itself. Um, the next opportunity that presented itself was for me was uh, working full time at the promotions department, which I still do to this day, even though I am on air, even though I am the APD of a major radio station, I still work in the promotions department because that's what got me there. And I don't want anyone to ever forget that I'm able to do anything, any task that's asked of me until my next opportunity comes my way. I'm kind of kind of like in the same boat as the guy over here. Um, with me, it was uh, I graduated back at home in New York, and uh, 
I think I, I always said I graduated at the wrong time because that's when that recession really hit. Mm-hmm. So it was like there were no jobs available, not even part-time radio jobs at the time when I got out. So I'm sitting there like, man, I did these four years in college, and they didn't even tell me about this part. <laughs> so <laughs> just to get out there and kind of struggle. So I did retail for a while. Um, but I knew radio was something I wanted to do because even while working in the stores, I was always trying to entertain the, the customers. Like, I was that dude that would dance down the aisle just to make sure somebody's laughing real quick. And I made that sale too, so it helped out. But, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle for those two years. And then I finally got, uh, got my first radio job doing uh, street team for like promotions and everything. And I was in promotion for a while. And something that, uh, that I was taught from my mom and like family was always stay humble with it. Like, even though it's something you really don't want to do at that point, like, you know, you want to be on the air. But just uh, start with where you're at and use those skills and enhance it. And then the more you enhance it, the better you'll be as you grow uh, grow more into the, in the industry and everything. That's what happened. And uh, before I ended up moving out here, I finally got my uh, my on-air spot at one of the one of my favorite stations back at home. So it was like, uh, you know, you ever, like some of you guys probably grew up listening to Hot 129. And then, you know, as a kid, you always like, oh, wait, I want to be on that station. And when you're finally on that station, you're like, life just made itself. So that's what happened with me. And um, and this was after years of getting turned down. So I know we we've all been there. You ask, you know, somebody want to put your stuff on something like that, you getting turned down. So something like that could uh, discourage you. And me just saying that to you guys, or even us too, don't ever get discouraged by anybody putting you down. Just use that as motivation, because uh, you never know where you end up. And uh, I'm grateful for how one two nine giving my first full time position um, as an air jock. And I hope I'm make you guys happy out there, because this is just. Now I get to be myself, so now I get to really show you guys my craft and what I've learned over the years. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, my story is a little bit different. Obviously, I'm not on the radio like these guys, so I had to go about it a little bit different way. Um, when I got started, I thought like, oh, it's gonna be easy. I like music. I can, I can do, you know, I can do that. I can play all the songs I like to hear. Um, come to find out, that's not really <laughs> relevant. And in, in DJing and nightclubs, it doesn't really matter what I like necessarily. Um, but I, I spent a lot of time just trying to get a job, trying to get my foot in the door. Uh, I remember for, uh, for about three years, I, I, I couldn't get a job anywhere. Um, I went to every club, knocked on the door during the day, um, went to every bar I could at night, left messages on, on phones and voicemails for, like I said, about three years. Finally, a guy gave me a chance. Um, and after that first night, I didn't have a problem finding a job. I've been uh, DJing three or four nights a week, sometimes five, six, seven nights a week since then for the last 16 years so um i got to that point because I, I built a solid network um trying to get in all these places so then once i had an actual slot to kind of validate that um kind of went from there but it, it the work didn't stop there i met some guys that taught me some things uh, still learn something new every week um spend about two hours a day practicing that's not including the gigs so you're talking a five-hour gig on on Thursday night, seven hours on Wednesday night, seven hours on Friday night, um, travel and do a three-hour gig on Saturday nights most times, and then every day either before those gigs and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, two hours in my bedroom just just practicing, learning new music, learning new mixes, making new mixes. Um, so it's like, I mean, it's constant work. It's a full-time job. Uh, you know, Kev was talking about working several part-time jobs. I work a full-time job 40 hours a week, I work a part-time job 20 hours a week, and then I DJ. Um, every second that I'm not asleep. So uh, just a lot of work, a lot of practice, and, and it's twofold, man. It's, it's, it's work and then it's network. So um, that's kind of how I got where I am. That's kind of how I stay where I am, I guess.
Okay, um, this one is sort of a two-part question for you guys. Um, basically, what role do you think that DJs play um, in gaining exposure for up-and-coming artists? And then, as a part two to that, how should artists present themselves or build relationships with DJs? How should they correctly do that? And and how should they not? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest part about uh, a DJ, um, I, I don't necessarily think myself as a DJ, I think of myself as an on-air personality. Um, I think that the club DJ is the most important person in the city because without them, they're in the clubs every single night. I'm not at the club every single night. I'm only there three nights a week. But they're there every night spinning music constantly. And without them, your music can't be heard by the local buzz first. Because people want to skip a step. They want to be Drake before he was Drake of today. But there's a process to it. And the process starts at the local DJ level. And they're at the clubs. So you need to get your music to the local DJ's hands. Like I said, I'm out at the club about three nights a week, and I rarely hear local artists spawn. I still hear GTC, I still hear Shot Smoke, I still hear um, CC Server, but I don't really hear the local DJs playing a lot of new, newer stuff. I hear, uh, I hear uh, King a little bit, I hear Vader a little bit, but not at the magnitude that I uh, hear those other artists, who some of those guys don't even make music anymore. So they, that just goes to the impact that they had at their, during their moment, but it also shows that maybe the artists aren't getting the music to the DJs, or I don't know what the disconnect is, but the presentation to the DJ isn't via Facebook. It's just not, you know. I, if I was opening up my inbox right now on Facebook, I'm not reading them all. I'll, one day I'm gonna, I do do this. I go through all my Facebook messages probably like once every two, three weeks. But if I was opening now, I have like over 70 messages. And I guarantee probably about 50 of them are from artists. Hey, play my record, play my record, play my record. That's not how you go about it. I'm just, just saying. Like my man, you to the, he came up, he's on a flash drive. Everything is legit, got all this information right here, right here. This is how you do it. I mean, giving the DJ a CD with your scribble scrabble name on it isn't the way to go, man. I'm just I'm just telling you how it is. Like Edge can probably tell you a lot better than I can, but you know yeah, I'll tell y'all about that disconnect. That, that disconnect that disconnect is definitely real. And I mean, you know, technology is also real, you know. A lot of DJs aren't spinning with CDJs anymore. You know, they're using a lot of MP three files. So having your music right here is is a lot better than saying, Hey, here's my C D, listen to it. I just I would highly recommend stop inboxing people on Facebook telling them that Yo, I'm the next one. I, I would yes. highly recommend. Everybody's the next hotness. I would, I would, Everybody. I would. If you are going to buy it, send a package. Send it. Uh, make it sound professional as you can. Saying, "Hey, I'm so and so. I go by the lot, and I'm an inspiring artist. Here's a link to my SoundCloud page. You get a chance. Check it out. But the whole, hey, check out one of the 
use correct grammar. Like this is also a business connection that you're trying to make. This isn't a text message to somebody that you already know. You know they say, man, your first impression goes a long way. I just send the music. The music gonna say everything. I just send the music. I don't even send no words. You gotta send words, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, that. that I send, send my manager's link or something. I just send the music. Don't don't skip send that the, step, man. Don't skip that, that step. Don't. I'll talk about that. Okay. And I mean, I don't even know if I'm saying anything. I mean, me personally is, I'm I'm the type of person I would love to help everybody and anybody out, and uh, I know a lot of people. Even back at home, too, was like, hey, man, can't get my song on this and that. I was like, first thing you got to know, there's rules that we have to abide by with uh, with radio playing. You know, it's nothing against any of the artists here. It's just it's something we have to follow. And me personally, I'll be like, listen, you know, I'll try to check your stuff out. If I can, I'll post it up on my social media. Because Instagram, Twitter, that does help you out with mm-hmm. getting, your, getting your music and everything out there. But you can't expect me by myself, like, if y'all think my name is big like that right now, thank you. Because <laughs> I guess I'm doing something right, but I'm still trying to grow just as much as you guys are. But if I can help in any way by getting your music out on my on my account, and you know that's what I can do. But as far as like getting on the air, to take some time, take some work, but just keep grinding and keep your your mind and everything positive. You'll get there. But you just gotta understand it's like to get on just, the air. Yeah, it's, it's just rules we gotta follow. So you'll you'll get there. You get there. Just just keep doing what you gotta do. Not to get uh, disconnect, right? Well, we'll that. Could, you, could you elaborate on the rules for, for people? Who... Um, yeah, that's oh. the next question. <laughs> that, we're, we're right there, yep. Um, all right, well, I, I agree with what Kev and TJ are saying. I also have to say, with that, it is a double-edged sword. Like, as a club DJ, like, I always wanted to be the first guy to play something. I wanted people to hear it and go, man, that's the only guy that plays that. I, and you go to another DJ and ask, they don't know what you're talking about, like, that's what I want, because then you have to come to my club. You have to come hear me play to hear that stuff. But at the same time, you know, I'm putting on a performance just like you guys are. So it's a double-edged sword. Like, my reputation is online. So if you're going to come to me and ask me to play some music of yours and kind of break that record so that these guys might hear it while they're out, um, make sure it's it's put together the right way, Like, because then my name's on the line. Um, I'm not going to sit there and play a local artist track at 12.30 when the club is at its peak time and risk, like, oh, you know, they might just leave the club and they hear the song. Um, so I do play local artist music. As a matter of fact, this Thursday night, TJ was in a club for his birthday, and at the end of the night I played a song, and he didn't know who it was. I told him it was a local artist that we recorded here, and uh, and he couldn't believe that it wasn't on the radio for, like, the Hot Local Artist Showcase, whatever it is. So... Um, I will play it. Most club DJs will, but you got to kind of put it together the right way. You got to package it the right way. And Kevin was talking about there being a disconnect there. And, and this is where the disconnect is. This kind of event is where you can present that kind of stuff. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, we got all the information here. Um, you know, white noise. As soon as he walked up, handed me a CD and a little, little, little bit of information to get a hold of him. That's what I need. Because um, I'm not going to play anything right when you say it. I, I know... Uh, uh, Jew was at the club and talked to me for about an hour, uh, and then I went and listened to all his stuff. Um, but you got to be ready to hear the truth, at least from me. Most guys, if they don't like it, they might not even talk to you again. Um, but I'll tell you exactly what I think about it, so you know why I'm playing it and why I'm not playing it. Um, but the biggest disconnect is people show up, they want to walk up to me at 12 o'clock, 
and there's 600, 700 people on a dance floor and go, hey man, play my song. Like you're slurring your words together because you're drunk. <laughs> smell like weed. Come and ask me to do all this stuff. And, and I don't know you, so you saying that, that your song is going to get everybody to dance, I, I highly doubt it. Um, that's not saying that I, I doubt you as an artist, but I don't know you to know better. Uh, and if I took everyone's word for it, I would never play any song you hear on the radio. I'd play all local artists, and the clubs that I play, I would probably be empty. Um, people want to dance to what they know. Now, I can mix it in, I can blend it in, in between songs that people know, and they might give it a listen. Um, but again, make sure it's packaged right, because I'm putting my reputation online as a club DJ for a local artist, and I'm not going to do that if it's, if it's bad for my business and bad for my brand. So, like he said, you know, we got guys giving us information, how to get a hold of them. Come up to me at 9 o'clock when I'm setting up. Come up to me at 10 o'clock when the club's slow. Hang around, try to catch me as I'm leaving in the parking lot if you really want. Um, come to events like this. Give me, give me a press kit. Give me a name, a face to go with it, a contact to go with it. And make sure it's mixed well. Don't, don't give me a song that sounds like, it was made in your basement talking into a tin can because um, I'll never play it because um, it's got to sound good so get it professionally mastered get it professionally mixed um, come at me with that kind of stuff and, and then we can talk about playing it make it something that's worth my time to do it uh, don't come up hand me a crumbled up dollar bill in the middle of the night and expect me to stop what I'm doing and playing it um, they, you, everyone laughs at that but I, I can tell you right now that on any given night there are at least five local artists come up tell me hey I'm a rapper you play my stuff everybody will dance and I can almost guarantee you if I played all five of them one of them might get a reaction the other four probably won't I'll, they'll get a bad reaction if it gets a reaction um, I don't need your money I don't want your money to play your song just give me a good song because it works for both of us if I can be that guy to play it first something different it helps me it helps you um you know on a given week i play for anywhere between 300 and, and 3,000 people um that's up to 3,000 people that will hear your song if you do it the right way um i don't i don't play stuff that i don't like necessarily if i don't think it's going to work but if i don't like it and i think it's going to work i'll play it um don heard some of the stuff that that artists that i manage made in here all their stuff gets played not because i manage them but because the music's good and it fits into what I'm doing. Um, which is the last thing I'll say about it, because uh, I know I'm going on with this. I think Don did this just to get me going. <laughs> but uh, um, don't come up to me when I'm at a club full of, of, of college kids dancing to, like, Don't Stop Believing or, or stuff like that and ask me to play something that sounds like Future Amigos. Like, you don't go to Taco Bell's drive-thru at 4 a.m. and ask for a Big Mac and a Whopper and expect to get it. Um, there's a time and a place, like, Give me your information, like uh, you know, like I got this CD from White Noise. I went outside and listened to a SoundCloud because I had time to. Um, Twelve thirty in the club is not the time. I'm performing just like you. I don't come to your show, say, "Hey man, stop doing what you're doing. Let me, let me play the cha-cha side real quick for this older couple that wants to dance to it." Like, so don't don't come up in the middle of the night and ask me to just throw your stuff on it. And um, just one last thing to go along with what these guys said, like, make sure you get it to me in the right form email message on Facebook email is better than Facebook Facebook that's all spam um, but get it to me on something I can listen to it on uh, I play on records and with Serato so you come and hand me a CD I don't even have anything to play a CD on at the club 
So I gotta go home and listen to it. And I, don't try to tell me to listen to it and play it next, then think that you're gonna slide me a hundred dollars on and play it next. Because um, I'm not gonna download it and play it without ever listening to it. So um, just make sure you find the right time and make sure it's packaged well. I don't know if you guys are all familiar with like an electronic press kit. Get one, make one, find someone that'll do it. If you need help finding someone that'll do it, Raise find someone that has one. <laughs> Right here. <laughs> Get everything done here. Now that you mention it. Yeah, so, I mean, do do what you need to do to get all that stuff, because no one's going to take you seriously if you hand them, like he said, a CD with scribbles on it. Um, those are coasters that end up being coasters most of the time. Um, so, like, you know, like this one's got some professional printing done on it, that's fine. But if he just hand wrote his information on there, I'm probably not listening to it, in all honesty. So, um, there's that disconnect. How about, um, <laughs> <clears throat> what was that? Oh, uh, DJ service packs. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that's still relevant and something artists should do? It can't hurt um, anything that you can. <laughs> and, and if you don't mind telling everybody what, for anyone that doesn't know, what a DJ service pack is. Um, what first off, anything that you can do to get yourself out there and get exposure it is going to help. Um, DJ service packs, uh, trying to think of how to explain it the best way. Um, they're not as relevant as, as, they, used to as be. they used to be. It used to be that was like, like, hey man, this is how you're going to get out. Mm -hmm. um, but now with like social media, YouTube and stuff like that, um, it, it's not as necessary. But again, anything you do that's professionally done is, is going to help get attention um, you know it, it's just like when you're trying to get a gig at a venue if you give someone a, a phone number written on a napkin and say call me that napkin's probably gonna get lost unless you left one hell of an impression um, but if you hand them like a, a press kit or even back in the day if you handed them like your service pack like that's something that they're gonna keep a hold of because you took the time to do it right mm -hmm. so if you paid attention to detail to get everything set up and get all your ducks in a row probably paying attention to detail in the studio. But if you're gonna write with a Sharpie on the back of your bar tab and hand it to me, um, that doesn't say a whole lot about your attention to detail and, and your preparedness um, to do something. So, um, the kind, I mean, they still help. Um, I pay more attention to like someone that handed me some stuff like this, like a business card flash drive, stuff like that, than, than anything else or, or an EPK would be the best way to go. Okay, and for those of you that don't know, a DJ oh, service pack, it includes a clean version, dirty version, if there is one, yeah. um, an instrumental, and an acapella. And that allows the DJ to sort of mix what you're yeah. doing in, whether they mix your vocals over an industry track that people already know, or vice versa. Right. Uh, it just gives the DJ some flexibility and sort of working you into what's already known. What are they again? A DJ service pack. It's, it's all the different versions of your song. Of your your single. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Acapella is right. clean radio edit and then like uh, their regular like version. A whole break yeah. Usually what I'll do is someone gives me a song and I need one of those things. I'll tell you like, hey man, I like those lyrics, but that beat I just have to put it over the beat to get bad and bougie or something. Like I'll do that. Right. Or vice versa, and so then I'll tell you to give me an acapella, 
So if you when you record it, just it's easy to get an acapella and instrumental. You've already recorded the tracks. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's unique. Yeah. That's how it was done back then. That that's I mean, right there. I think some some artists still do that now. Yeah, some, yeah, we encourage it. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if you're gonna do a show, you want that instrumental for your show for the most part. Anyway, that's basically an instrumental track. Oh, oh, show tracks are a whole other conversation. <laughs> but that's another networking event. Um, <laughs> Okay, so uh, the last question that I have, and then we'll go to audience questions. Um, for the two of you that are with 1029, um, I'm sure the you, dollar you, you, you hear the, the rumblings of why aren't local artists played? Why the complaints? The <laughs> can, can you explain to us how commercial radio works and um, what you have the power to do and what you don't have the power to do. Um, I'm new over here, man. <laughs> and, then I, and then to wrap that up, I'd also like, because especially you, I'm getting to know you, um, mm. you do a lot for local hip-hop, and it goes very much unrecognized, so I'd like you to talk a little bit about what you do. So, okay. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah, the million dollar question. Why doesn't Hot 1029 play local artists or independent artists? We're independent artists in Cincinnati. We're independent artists in Cleveland, Columbus. The um, real crux of the matter is we used to have a uh, Hot Local Talent Showcase that was uh, played on Sunday nights, which I hosted. Um, in the beginning of it, uh, I would say probably for the first six to eight months, it was great. Uh, phone lines blew up. Got tons of uh, music in. Um, the response was great. Lots of positive feedback. I would say after probably like the eighth month or so, the entry slowed down. Um, the quality of the music wasn't there, and the phone lines stopped ringing. And when the phone lines stop ringing, and the quality of the music isn't there, and when artists are asking you uh, just to go ahead and play their uh, unedited music well y'all radio station y'all just can't make it clean for me i'm not doing your job for you uh so at that point uh we tried to transition it to basically all right well we're just gonna stop constantly playing new stuff we'll just kind of more or less recycle the other stuff that was played because people still want to hear that so we're still doing our part and that slowly uh transitioned into the numbers uh our ratings decreasing so one thing about commercial radio, when your numbers decrease, your ratings, revenue decreases. So that is a major no-no, especially with a radio station like ours, who is uh, used to being in the uh, top three um, and always number one and number two, 1834, which is our target audience. So when those numbers go down, something's got to give. And when that alarming thing is that segment of the day, that's got to go. So we go back to normal programming, which is Rihanna, Drake, and Future. And those, <laughs> those songs are, are core artists. And people approach me all the time about, much like Edge, about, you know, I'll pay you to play my song. And so let's break that down. You give me, let's, let's start on a high number. Start on a high number. $500. I'll give you $500 to play, play my record. So my rebuttal to that is, I play your song once for $500. Mm -hmm. 
What does that do for you, me playing your song one time for $500? What does that $500 is going to get your song played one time, one time, going to do? I'm going to be heard by the city. That one time. Okay. So I'll take that to the next level. What is that $500 you're going to give me for ruining my career? Not my job, but my career. Are you going to be there to help me support my family after I get fired? Because it is absolutely FCC violation for me to take money to play a song or to take money to do anything. It is uh, called payola or plugola. If I am able to take goods or a service in lieu of playing a record. That is against the law. I've seen people's careers be destroyed by that. I've seen people who did it, didn't get caught, and they're living the good life still. But I'm not willing to take that chance. So that is part of the reason we don't play independent artists. Um, it's just a, you want me to play your song versus Beyonce. Beyonce is going to win every time. We don't play, we don't make hit records. We play hit records at Hot Ones United. He goes smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just learning the rules here. At 1029, I'm very, very new. That's that's just not rules of but, 1029. That's just like rules of radio. Yeah. With yes. payola and stuff like that. That's a, uh something that happened back in the days. Uh, you talk about like something with with uh Ray Charles and his record label back in the day. They used to do that type of stuff, and you know, it was, it was illegal back then, but it's illegal now. You know, and the FCC is not nothing to mess with. Believe you me. Yeah, no, no, Kevin's right, because uh, it was like that back at home, too. And I uh, actually worked in both parts where you can, where people actually used to pay the station to play their music. And you can just feel the sketchy vibe with it, and it'll be, they'll get the most money, but it'll be the worst song. And I'm sitting there just like, wow, we're playing this so much. Then it hit me, and I'm like, wow, okay, they paid them off. And then you can see that job that I used to work at, they're not as successful as they thought they would be or they used to be. But, like, I mean, it's nothing against, again, it's nothing against any of you here. It's just that we got those rules to follow. And I said, you know, you just keep putting your hard work in there. You don't have to, you won't have to pay anybody off. Right. We're just going to start playing stuff, you know. Okay. Um, so it is tough. We, we love to, and me personally, I'd love to help out and, Play stuff out here, but um, I think on hotmonitor.com, you guys can actually go on and look at how you can put your music, um, submit it for the the talent showcase, mm -hmm. and who knows? Who knows what could happen? We might start popping you up on the high seven at seven or something like that. You know, so just keep grinding out there. We all, we all grinding out here. So y'all just keep doing your work and y'all get in there. Promise you. And another feature that we have uh, is a segment that uh, I came up with is uh, Bars 101. Um, you come in, you lay down some bars, you, you spit your freestyle, um, and we put it on the website. And uh, we put it out there like that. It's kind of my way of trying to make sure uh, independent artists are heard. Um, we do like two episodes a month. Um, they're all up on the website. We send a link off our Facebook and Twitter pages and stuff like that. So, you know, we try try to do stuff that we can do that is, you know, feasible as opposed to just turning our backs on it totally just to be like, oh, man, it, it doesn't exist. Put our blinders onto it. But we'll be fools to believe that there aren't uh, artists in the city that are willing and capable of doing dope stuff. 
So that's our kind of like olive branch to the city to say, I see you trying and we want to try to pub you as well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, any questions? I have a question. Well, let, let's, let's do one at a time and um, make sure everybody gets a chance. Okay. Um, one of my first questions is like, what's the total package of getting streamed on like the radio? Again, like, cause don't you need like a um a ASCAP or a BMI? Mm hmm. So would I be like, even if y'all did do like local play, would I be able to just come to without those? Mm hmm. Basically, when we're uh, researching music, when we're researching music uh, for the station, um, we look at SoundScan, we look at MediaBase, we look at the Billboard charts, and there isn't a song in the top 30 that Hot 129 isn't playing, basically. Uh, when your song reaches the top 30, we're going to play it. Like I said before, we're not... Our station isn't built around breaking artists. It's built around playing those hit records. And what people tend to neglect is that our signal reaches all the way to Richmond, Indiana, down to Middletown, past Columbus, past Pickle. So that, that radius is huge. So it's not just Dayton, Ohio that we're servicing. We're servicing a large audience. You know, you know Ed spends for 3,000 people a week no, we're doing 100,000 every single day, you know? So that's 100,000 people that we have to service every single day. So it's, it's bigger than just the small segment of your your crew or your neighborhood. We're, we're segmenting the whole population of our listening audience. So that, that is the reason why you're like, oh, well, why are they playing that Katy Perry, Perry, uh, Katy Perry record? Well, those people in those other pockets they want to hear Katy Perry too. So we have to service those listeners as well. So the key of it all is that we are about playing hit records. And until your song is a hit record, Hot 129 won't play it. And I'm just keeping it 100. That'd be a hit record, right? Hit record. Okay. I have a question. Uh, let me get him and then you're next. Thank you again. My name is uh, Solution. I forgot to uh, thank y'all for all of this early. I want to thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. You mentioned those outlets like a sound scan and a media base. Of course, you use the billboards. So let's say an artist would upload their song and uh, you were discussing whether to play it on the station. Would that be a conversation like with your directors or would you check like the crowd in the uh, area to see if it was like popping enough I guess to make the station cut yeah um we check um there's also you know um what's the name of the thing you on that email ain't you Oh, not lucky you. <laughs> I'm still working. 
Well, we have a, a program that we get uh, sent to us every week, which basically tells us um, every song that was uh, streamed throughout the 937 area code. So that encompasses uh, Shazam, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, Title. So it gives us every single song, well, the top 500 songs that were streamed. So we do look at that as well. So to answer your question, like if your SoundCloud is jumping like that, it will jump off the page at us. You know what I'm saying? So it, we do have a way of shrinking it down. So we're not just looking at the national. We are. We do look at our area base. Because that would be foolish of us to just only think about national records as opposed to stuff that's streaming in our our area. So yes, right. we do look at that. So like, like I said, it, the pro I can't remember the name of the program. Sorry, um, but. If you do have those outlets, like your music is up on Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal, and SoundCloud, most importantly, those numbers do get back to us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I know y'all said y'all did uh, stuff with local artists on the radio that I used to do. Do you have anything in plan for underground DJs like myself and a lot of new DJs that's just getting into DJing that would like to be heard on the radio, getting like maybe an hour to show their skills and right, tell right. your DJing? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, um, especially uh, Drake, who is the program director at the station, um, him and I especially, especially Drake, has an affinity for DJs. Uh, one of his best friends is Ike B. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, um, it's something that Drake and I have been working on a lot, trying to get local DJs incorporated with the station a lot more. Um, if you look at, the Wiz, especially, and uh, Z107 in Cleveland, they have mixed shows on their on their station. But the biggest difference between The Wiz and Z107 in Cleveland and here is we don't have any mixed show DJs that are employees of the station. So we had um, we did Memorial Day weekend where we had uh, all local DJs uh, do a probably like a 20 to 25 minute sets. Uh, three times a day throughout uh, Memorial Day weekend, which went off great, got a lot of positive feedback. It's something that we want to do a lot more. But the one thing about it is, technically, they are not employees of the station. So um, if they were to do something like uh, they played a song and it was not edited and it slipped through the cracks, I, mean, I didn't hear it, Drake didn't hear it, Smooth didn't hear it, hear it but a, uh, a listener heard it and reported it to the FCC. We can't reprimand somebody that doesn't work for us. They don't work there. You know what I'm saying? The, all, all the heat, and rightfully so, will come down on Drake and myself because we are the program director and the assistant program director. We can't be like, oh, Edge, man, you played something dirty. He could just be like, oh, well, man, my bad. I'm <laughs> off to the club, man. See you when I see you. There's no repercussions. So, and another reason for that is, you know, our staff, you're looking at half of the Hot 129 staff right now. You know, DJ, myself, and Drake are the only full-time on-air people at Hot 129. So our staff isn't abundance enough to say, all right, all right man, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it, and everybody's going to love it. But to answer your question, uh, we are not doing a mixing uh, weekend for 
4th of July, simply because it's on a Tuesday. We like to do it on those three-day holiday weekends, so like the Memorial Days, the Labor Days, stuff like that. So give me your contact, and uh, um, like uh, I'll send out uh, a kind of a welcome, and your ability to submit a mix. We'll check it out. Normally, uh, what we've been trying to do is pick like the 12 best mixes, um, as opposed to just like me contacting my guys that I, that I know that are going to uh, submit great mixes. I try to open it up to everybody to say, all right, man, here's an opportunity for you to submit. And if you're not chosen for that mix show weekend, we'll have plans for it to be implemented in TJ Smooth show. I'm going to let you know. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm down with that, man. Because uh, Smooth has a, uh, a mix. The 10 p.m. The 10 p.m. workout mix, that's what we call it. That's probably my favorite time of the night because I'm in there from 7 to midnight in that studio. If I have a chance to get hyped up for 20 minutes, <laughs> that's the time to do it. So, yeah, if, you know, link up with Kev and, and Drake, and hopefully I'll be talking into or just having your mix play during the show. Make my life better now. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that and that's something and that's something that Drake and I've been working on heavily. To, you know, because TJ is new to the city, we want definitely want to make his show pop even more. You know, not only does he have a great personality, but you know, we want to make sure he's giving away dope giveaways, like you know, to Chris Brown and Future and all those ticket giveaways. You know, me working in promotions. I get to see everything before it comes in, so I could <laughs> miser all of them for my show. But since you my guy, I like to make sure your show. Give me at least two. I got you, man. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Questions? Um, me and my uh, team are actually uh, trying to get something going for uh, a back to school event. Uh, with DPS Schools, it was already uh, discussed with the uh, local venue and the Dayton Board of Education. But uh, the next step after uh, further conversations would be uh, just promotion. Mm -hmm. And uh, would that be a conversation you're willing to have? Absolutely, man. Um, one of the biggest things radio was uh, founded on was doing community service. Um, I like to do community service. I also do a little bit of work with uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, I do stuff like this. Um, so long as there isn't like a profit being made, you know, it's something that the station can run PSAs for, have uh, come in and speak with our community relations director, Faith Daniels, and stuff like that. So, yeah, if uh, you got some information about it, I'd love to have it. And, you know, the station would love to get behind it. You know, we were heavily involved with uh, the Dunbar Day, which was yesterday. They had the car wash out there and everything like that. So we ran... PSAs and liners promoting it, telling people that's where they want to take the kids, have a good time. Car washes were eight dollars. You know, a lot of money went back to the school and stuff like that. So we're all about pumping up the community. Uh, we're also involved heavily with the African American Wellness Walk, which uh, like two weeks ago. Uh, so that was a big event. So I mean, that's something that radio has to do. Like it isn't like an option in my eyes. You know, community focusing on giving back is, is not an option, especially with our station. We have to. It's a, it's a mandate. It's not an option for us. Okay. Any questions? Um, I'm 
It's fairly new to this deal. I've been hearing a lot about the BMI and the ASCAP. Would y'all be able to elaborate on that? These are all the good questions, man. Uh, you know, when you register your music, that is how it is heard. You know, um, it isn't necessary. Like, okay, here's an example. All right, everybody uh, heard the remix for uh, Future and uh, Kendrick, right? If BMI hears it, they're hearing basically the same song. It's still Mask Off. That's, it's Mask Off. Yes, Kendrick's on it, but that's why, like, nowadays, remixes still have the same beat. Because they still count for the same song. So that's a way that your music is tracked in a way that you can get credit for it. How we go about getting it? Uh, that, all that information is on the I got this one because I had to do it for four different artists. It's it's simple. You just Google search BMI, Google search ASCAP, yeah, and then you just register it. You got to get yeah, it. It's all like online. Your, yeah, it's, it's all done online. If you if you got if you got a business uh, tax ID, then you enter that. If not, Join the your social security number. They'll <laughs> um, they'll basically just give you a license. Yeah, I mean you just get like a BMI license number and an ASCAP. You register and you can register as an artist. You can register as a writer. You can register as both. Um, and then you like he said, you get credit for that. Um, you also have to have that if you sell your music anywhere. Right. Um, like you you gotta have that registered. So before you can get a paycheck in the music industry, take care of that first. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's literally, uh, it, it took me to do um, three solo artists in a group. It, it took me about, I'd say, an hour and a half to do all the registration for all of them. Right. So it, it's a pretty quick process. Um, you just got to get more information and, and you just do it all online. It's right. pretty simple. So, so does 1029 and all the radio stations have a cue sheet you send to BMI or ASCAP? So they, you know, I, I worked there for two, three months in the IT, so I know a little bit about how, I, how the pros work. Mm -hmm. So do you send a, a, a cue sheet or what do you send to the pro? Ryan Drake, our program director, just sends an email. <laughs> Basically, he just sends the email of ads. And it's a little different from then. I, when we upload the music, it goes to a server. And most of the time when it goes to the server, he copies an email to our corporate programmer, and they basically take care of it. Like, when you're dealing with a corporation, like, we don't really have to deal with them directly because our corporate PDs are send off. Basically, what they'll do is copy and paste each program director that's added something, and they'll send it off. Oh, yeah, the yeah. list of the song. Yeah, that we added. So it's not, we don't really direct, deal with them directly anymore. The program director? Yeah, like our program, our corporate program director does. Like us on a local level, we don't have that lovely luxury anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, can I ask uh, do, let's hear, do we have any hallway questions first? And no, no hallway questions? <laughs> um, as a DJ in the city, um, you guys mentioned how important his role uh, is. I wanted to know how often is it that you play a record uh, versus, um, let's say, your crowd environment requesting a local song compared to a local artist presenting it to you the right way, though, 
uh, how often does it lean on either side? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I I do it as often as I need to to put it as as simply as I can. Like my job is to keep people on the dance floor dancing and keep the bar selling liquor. Uh, so the longer I keep you there and keep you entertained, the more money we all make. So if a, if 20 people come and ask for a song, I'm probably going to play it because that's 20 people that I know are going to stay to hear that song. Um, but at the same time, part of entertaining people is giving them something different and something new. So if someone gives me a song uh, and I think, oh, this will work in this set, for these people, then I'll throw it on and see how it works. Um, I might not throw it on in the middle of the night. I might throw it on in like the warm-up section of the set. I might throw it on near the end of the night when people are a little bit more loose. So <laughs> um, that seems to go over the best. Um, but if it's good, if it sounds good, if it sounds like it's professionally done, and if it sounds to me like if I'm playing it, and while I'm playing it, it makes me go, wait a minute, who is this? And look up and see who, who I'm listening to at the time. Because um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take all the local artist music, put it on a mix, um, like on, on my phone or, or whatever, on my computer, and just play it while I'm cleaning the house or while I'm sorting through music or whatever. And if it grabs my attention enough at that point in time to look up who it is, I'll probably slide it on uh, in one set or another. Like I play Wednesday nights is primarily hip-hop, Thursday nights is true open format, a little bit of everything. Friday nights is a little bit more poppy. And, and then Saturdays, it just depends on where I get booked. If I'm in Columbus doing like an EDM party, obviously I'm not gonna play a whole lot of hip hop. Uh, if I'm doing like a hip hop party in Cincinnati or in Cleveland or Chicago somewhere, then um, that's what I'm gonna play. So if I feel like it fits in, um, I don't need a request for it, I'll, I'll, I'll play it. Um, but if I get 50 people coming and ask for the same song, um, then I'll play it for them as well. But the, the one thing that I won't do is if I see you go tell 20 people to come and ask yeah. for a song, <laughs> and I know they don't really know what song they're asking for, I'll, I've done this before. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just played it. You didn't hear Or that's right. the song that's playing now. And if they're, they don't know any different, then I know you just told a bunch of people to come and ask for it. And, and then I'm probably not going to play it. But um, if it's requested a lot, I'll play it. If I feel like it's going to go well, I'll play it. That's part of my job is to take risks. Um, if I just played it safe, um, then you wouldn't need to come to the club here. I mean, you can just turn on one or two nine and listen to these guys. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, <laughs> I got to make a difference somehow. So, um, so I do it as often as I need to. Basically, I, if you give me a good song, um, I don't need a hundred requests to play it. Um, I don't have to follow the same rules these guys do. The only rules I got to follow are the ones from the guys that sign my paycheck, and most of them trust me enough to say, "Do what you do." Um, so. Give me a good song, you don't need any requests. If you think it's on the edge and it might be a good song, it might not be, bring about 100 people with you and make them all request a song and I'll play it. But either way, you're going to get it played. All right? Thank you. So. Any more questions? 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 Last call? Last call for questions? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, just a couple of raise the bar housekeeping notes um i hope that you all enjoyed this event and uh <laughs> and uh and got some 
new information out of it, um, hopefully met or will meet some new people. Um, this is our summer series, so we have two more coming up. Um, the next one is Saturday, July 15th. Um, the panel is going to be the founders for the Ohio Hip Hop Awards. Mm -hmm. um, they will be in town from Cleveland. Nice. Um, that is also the day of our Dayton showcase in the evening. Um, but this is a much better setting, a more intimate setting to meet the founders, talk to them, make an impression, present yourself professionally, hopefully. You, a lot of good suggestions on how to do that. Um, so that will be July 15th, 2 to 4. Um, and then our August event uh, will be Saturday the 12th, and that will be a producer panel. Um, we'll have several, several producers um, with national placements and lots of good information to share. So um, if you enjoyed it, please invite others, come again. Um, it's just definitely a service to try to help everybody and also build our local artist community because if we don't do it, we won't have one. Mm -hmm. We won't have a place to start and everybody needs to start at home. Mm -hmm. um, so we all need to come out and support each other and help each other grow. So, um, I want to really thank you guys yes, thank for coming. You. For